Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me this week is the one, the only, no first two names, just Colleen. How are you doing, Colleen? Oh, I'm stoked. We're covering Shinichi's first case. It's the season six finale. All is good. Yep. Uh, we're covering episode 162, which is a one-hour special, The Locked Room in the Sky, Shinichi Kudo's first case. So how excited were you that we're going to see Shinichi again, your, uh, one of your many boy toys in the series? I, I kind of kind of grossed out by how you use the, all these men in the series. You have like 15 of them. Uh, three, but okay. <laughs> um... There's only three. Only three. Only three. Yeah. Um, I was probably more excited to see Shinichi than I should have been. <laughs> so, he hadn't done anything yet. We haven't seen him in a while. No, we haven't. Uh, it was, it was um, a nice to see him in action again. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> so this originally aired September twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine. Do you remember what the Conan's hint was for this? Tablets. Tablets, yes. I, tablets, like... iPads. Electronics. No, no, no. Although, honestly, I'm not sure tablets was a great hint. It wasn't. It really wasn't. They they mentioned tablets a lot. I'll give them that. But uh, there could have been other better clues. Let's introduce the case. Conan says... Today's Conan is a special about Shinichi's first case, and uh, we kind of got that from the name, Conan. But thank you, either way, you tried. Hey, repetition until we actually get it. The episode begins at Tokyo International Airport. The detective boys are excited to sit in an airplane, and they admire the 747 jet outside. Kogoro complains about having to babysit, and Rom mentions that last night Kogoro was saying... Wait for me, beautiful beach bunnies. Could you imagine Kogoro saying that? What a what a line. Oh, I can imagine him saying that. Uh, I really hope that he didn't. Kogoro says he only said that before he knew the kids were coming. He then learned that Dr. Gasa won the trip online, which is why they're all going to Okinawa. And I was so excited about Detective Boys Mayhem in Okinawa with Kogoro, and after the special ended, I was like, oh, is that the next case? So I looked it up, and the the cases, like, took place in very two different spots in the manga. Like, the next case we're doing is, like, five volumes separate from this. So I was like, what the hell? Did they ever do this Okinawa trip? So I actually went back to the manga, I found this case, I flipped the page to the next chapter... And it was the damn Tokyo Metropolitan love story we just covered. Oh. They don't, they never show the Okinawa trip. Can you believe that? (laughs) I was, I had such hope for this uh, little segue that you're going to tell me, yes, the next case originally in the manga is supposed to be their trip in Okinawa, but no. Oh, I'm disappointed. Like, I I was on the same wavelength as you. I'm like, okay, so the purpose of the kids coming along is that the next episode was going to be this other case so it would be a beautiful like time transition but no so that's really poor planning yeah and i look like a fool because on our twitter recently uh one of our listeners had a question 
They said, because we, we were talking about this, uh, recently about how the orders of the events changes, you know, with the anime compared to the manga. And I said, this was my, they were like, uh, you know, is it a big deal or apart from, you know, how does it flow different? And I said, I'd say that the manga is a bit snappier pace wise. And sometimes there will be more connective tissue references and whatnot from one case to the next, but nothing major. I look like a dumbass now because apparently there's no connective tissue and they just brought the kids on the plane ride for no reason. The only reason the plane ride even exists is so Ron falls asleep. That's like the entire like reason for this plot device. This made me so mad and I I really enjoyed this case. But after I like I was wondering about that after we ended after I ended watching this show and I'm just I'm livid. Colleen, this is bullshit. <laughs> you feel like you've been cheated. Yeah, because I want to see that episode so bad. I want Koguro as the adult supervising all these mischievous kids. Because that's not really a dynamic we see too often of Koguro dealing with the uh, Detective League. Oh, that's for sure. Like, solely. Because usually there's other people, like, other adults around that could take care of the kids. But yeah, Koguro babysitting would have been hilarious. For shame. They should at least put, like, an anime original of the Okinawa trip, you know? Like, yeah, they never do the filler that I want. <laughs> <laughs> Koguro mentions that Agasa is late, and Ken reveals that Agasa actually isn't coming as he caught a cold. Ayumi asks about Hibera, and Conan says that she's taking care of the professor. Ayumi says they'll get two souvenirs for the missing members. I guess not, because the trip never actually happens. <laughs> it's all off screen. Yeah, bullshit. I wanted to see what the souvenirs were. I had so many questions. I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is building to something funny. There will be a funny gag where they find something for Iberry. Will she like it or not? You know, does Agasa have to pretend like it was a good gift? It never happens. We never know. (laughs) I guess we'll just have to get over it. Maybe one day, maybe in episode 999, it'll finally happen. The plane then takes off, and the kids are wowed by the view, but Conan is already fast asleep. Ron tells Ayumi that Conan was up late last night reading, and she takes his glasses off. I thought this was going to spiral into a whole, like, oh, was that actually Jimmy? He looked like that when he was a kid, but uh, (laughs) thankfully we were spared that. Okay, we were on the same wavelength. I also thought that it was going to be Ron suspecting Conan all over again, but no, we didn't have to go through that. Ron giggles, and Kegger asks what she's smiling about. She says she hasn't ridden on a plane since last year, and says that Shinichi was passed out the same exact way right after the plane took off. Kegger says that Ron ran off with that detective boy to meet his parents, which forces Ron to get defensive. I only went to visit his parents' new house and get sightseeing, she says. And uh, Kegger argues that she shouldn't have gone on the trip, as it was a chance for him to do strange things to her. Colleen, what do, do you think uh, Shinichi would try to do strange things with Ron? Um, I really want to say that he's, you know, an honorable gentleman, but we all know what he did in episode one with the skirt, so I don't know. I I, I don't think so, just because of what we saw in this episode. He would have been way too nervous to try anything. It's it's really interesting that Ron's comeback to her dad is like, oh, what strange things do you mean, father? 
Well, it was a good one because, uh, and this is a, like the only interplay we get between the kids and Kogura here, is because Kogura wants to like mention all the dirty things Shinichi would have done, but he can't say it because Mitsuhiko, Ayumi, and Genta are all like staring at him, waiting <laughs> for him to respond. And so he just yells at Mitsuhiko instead. He goes, sit down! And then Ron falls asleep. So her, her and Jim, or her and uh, Shinichi, they both... Quick sleepers on planes. I can be like that too, so I understand. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. If I get a window, well, she wasn't on a window seat. I think she was like, uh, she was an aisle. She was actually on the aisle. Yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. I can sleep on an aisle, but maybe not instantly like that. But giving me like a a window seat, I'm gonna be out. If I get if I get seated in the middle, then I'm gonna awkwardly cry while watching your name between two women during the entire flight so those are the possibilities of what happens while i'm on flights they're 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 very specific it's as if you're speaking from experience oh i i absolutely am there's just this bearded man crying over anime while sat between two women so i'm sure that was a fun sight oh I'm, i'm sure they didn't pay attention don't worry about it Ron dreams back to her flight with Shinichi. She wakes up hearing a man named Sunio Ukai tell another passenger, Kazuhiro Otaka, that he can't smoke during the flight. Man, uh, just the smoking laws have changed so much in a short amount of time that it's insane to think that there was like smoking sections on a plane. Yeah, so I was, I had that like thought in my head like, oh, okay, I guess this was when you were still allowed to smoke on a plane. Um, but I didn't realize that technically you weren't allowed in specific sections. And in the manga, they even like have a a note in there saying that, uh, then smoking was banned like the year after this case came out. Otaka sarcastically says he'll do better next time. And that's when he blows his smoke right in the face of Akai. He then laughs and he wakes up his girlfriend, Sugumi Amane, who asks him not to act that way. And she puts out a cigarette and he goes... You aren't really scolding your soon-to-be-rich boyfriend, are you? I think we've just got our victim. The dick of the day. Yeah. He then tells her to lighten up as the newspapers will pay an arm and a leg for the negatives he has. A female photographer, Chizuru Tachikawa, then says that it's only if the negatives are real. She says the American congressman might have only come to Japan to spread rumors. And she says it would be embarrassing if they caught the wrong person. Otaka says he's already sent two pictures, which have been confirmed to be him. Tachikawa says either way, this is a vacation, not a business trip, and his negatives are just along for the ride. He agrees, and says that he's excited to show off his surfing technique. Spoiler, he did not get to show off his surfing technique. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. So we don't get our Okinawa trip, he doesn't get to show off his surfing technique. All around disappointment. He then turns around to talk to another photographer, Noboru Asaganuma, but he's already asleep. Taka says he'll sleep as well, and we see an older journalist named Edward Crow glare back at him. What do you think about this suspicious foreigner? They're on a flight to Los Angeles, so I guess it's not too crazy that there would be just a random white guy there. No, I was pretty excited about the foreigner, because they usually um start speaking you know in their native language in this case it was going to be english so i, I always enjoy oh i'm i'm not that. sure that they do speak their native english <laughs> in, uh... 
Oh, we'll get to that. I'm pretty sure they don't. We will get to that. Um, This whole cast of characters, though, was so suspicious from the get-go. Not one of them seemed good or innocent. Not even the girlfriend of the soon-to-be-rich guy. Like, there was something going on there as well. So, all of them. I was on the lookout for all of them. While Taka sleeps, his girlfriend Amana asks the flight attendant for some medicine as she's feeling airsick. Another attendant then spots Akai walking around and asks what he needs. He explains that he doesn't like sitting on airplanes as it makes him nervous. He then asks for a favor from her, but it isn't shown what exactly he asks. So they kind of loves this bullshit where somebody asks something and we hear 90% of the conversation, but that, that 10% is just left mysterious. Mm-hmm. They do it a few times in this episode, too, and it's a little frustrating. Amano wakes up Tachikawa while coughing. Tachikawa asks Amano if she took the medicine she gave her earlier and says that Saganuma is also sick, so she gave him medicine as well. She then switches seats with Amano, saying she might feel better next to the window. The flight attendant gets back and hands the medicine over. Tachikawa then notices Ataka is gone, and they wonder if he went to the bathroom. Later on, a drunk man is yelling at the bathroom. This guy ruled. <laughs> He's just just screaming. They have like this six was... stalls too. So I don't know why he couldn't just go anywhere else, but he's just he's just yelling at this door. Hey man, come on, get out. I gotta go, man. <laughs> this guy was the MVP of the episode. We needed more of him. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't get more of him. Uh but he's he's yelling at the bathroom and then the flight attendant's like, What is wrong with you? And he's like, this guy's here. <laughs> so she unlocks the door and she finds Ataka dead. She screams, which wakes up none other than Shinichi Kudo. Apparently Ron oh. just sleeps through it, which is so funny. Yeah, but he was like on high alert. He was already awake as we find out later. <laughs> and like I said earlier, I was probably too excited for this moment. He hadn't done anything yet. We didn't even see his full face. They just showed his eyes and I was already grinning from ear to ear gross uh the attendants <laughs> asked for a doctor over the intercom and inspector Megary, who just happens to be on the flight asks if it really is a sickness and they're like no this dude's dead <laughs> and he's like oh <laughs> the commotion starts on the plane everybody's chattering oh i saw a body somebody's dead and ron wakes up and she's like shinichi Finally. there's a body and then then she notices that Shinichi's not there. What if he's the body? Is Shinichi dead, Colleen? Well, that was definitely something Ron was thinking. I know. I, I knew that he was alright. I was not worried about the lad. Megary recognizes Ron, and she asks about the case. He says that the police will handle it, and then he walks to the scene. He asks if anybody touched the body, and the attendant says nobody except for that strange boy just now. And the strange boy is none other than Colleen's... What would you say? Is he your first love, your second love, your third love? Where Rank your rank your damn crushes here, Colleen. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Just the Detective Conan crushes, right? Because we, we don't have all day yeah, for yeah. other series. Um, Yeah, I think I'd have to go Shinichi first. Yeah, he's number one. And then uh takagi and then probably kaido kid purely because there just isn't enough of him that i've watched but he does deserve to be in the third spot that strange boy is none other than shinichi who says that the cause of death is likely nerve damage 
The weapon is pointed, but it has no blade like an ice pick, he says. He then uh, claims that somebody made Otaka take something that put him to sleep prior to being killed. Magari spots the weird kid, and he goes, Who the hell are you? Shinichi then turns around, and he introduces himself, saying he's a detective. Ron then remembers that this was Shinichi's very first case. Megari recognizes his last name and realizes that he's Yusaku's son. And Megari's tone completely changes. He's like, oh, I haven't seen you since the sixth grade. You've gotten so big, kiddo. And then just <laughs> suddenly he throws him out of the crime scene and he barks, You have no business being here. You're just an idiot high schooler. You'll make yourself a suspect. What a difference from the first episode. Yeah, I love the early interactions between Beggary here and uh, Shinichi because he definitely doesn't trust him. And uh, it makes for a, a very fun back and forth between them. Yeah, and especially knowing that later on uh, Megri does sort of warm up to the idea of Shinichi helping out uh, with the cases and he kind of comes to respect him as a detective too so seeing this as the early days uh it's good to know that Megri still is in character he's always very suspicious of anybody really and he to this day he doesn't really trust Kogoro being at all the crime scenes either oh yeah like Megri like relies on Shinichi now like he takes anything any phone call from Shinichi is gospel so it's, it's definitely very different but you understand where he's coming from Maguri asks the attendant to borrow a camera, but she says Shinichi has already taken plenty of photos. Almost 60, he says. Already returned the camera to the passenger. The attendants then explain that Kudo asked them to watch everything that he did closely and then make sure that he didn't hide or hide anything or rub anything off. Maguri's impressed, but he tells Shinichi that moving the body could disturb the hardening of muscles, making it harder to figure out the time of death. However, Shinichi says he already knows when the death happened and said he's been dead for one or two hours. Although that that isn't, like, super specific. <laughs> like, it's such a short time span. It's like, uh, the the error is up to 100% of the time, I'm saying. It's uh, one hour, or, or, you know, two. Yeah. <laughs> Shinichi then says that there's three things that seem strange. One, there are blood stains on the wall, but no blood on the back of the victim's clothes. Two... To the right of the death-causing injury, there's a scratch made by something else. And three, the corpse's left side pocket is soaking wet inside, but the victim's hand is dry. Hmm. What do you think about that wet pocket, Colleen? I, I had no idea what the wet pocket was about. The, all the clues um, that Shinichi just mentioned, and like throughout the episode, yeah, I was just thrown off by all of it. I didn't know what the bloodstains represented. I was kind of lost at this point when it came to uh, figuring, the, figuring out the mystery. Megri starts deducing with Shinichi, but then he realizes how ridiculous it is, like, talking to a high schooler. So he tells him to get out, as he's already done his part. Ron asks Shinichi why he's acting so professional when he's just an ordinary high school student, and he says he can't help it. If I talk like I don't know, they won't let me touch the body, he says. He just wants to touch dead bodies. How morbid is this? <laughs> I guess you can read it that way. He just wants to be a professional. Ron tells him to stop and says she was worried he was dead when he when she heard about a dead body and he wasn't there. She says Shinichi should have woken her up, but he says that he can't bring himself to disturb women with such zoned out faces. 
Shinichi then teases Ron by making her sleeping face, and right as he does that, we see a half-awake Takagi stumble to the scene with pretty much the same exact face, which I thought was funny. Here we go. <laughs> Meguri explains the case to Takagi, and they notice a handkerchief and bottle in the trash. They believe the handkerchief was soaked with chloroform and that the victim died in his sleep. Meguri asks the attendants for a plastic bag, as they'll have to send it back to headquarters, and they remark that the boy said the exact same thing earlier. Kaki then takes a look at Shinichi, and Meguri explains that his father, Yusaku, used to consult the police whenever they ran into a really tough case. As a kid, Shinichi would follow his father to crime scenes. I guess he was basically doing the Conan thing back then, you know? Like, uh, trying to figure out cases. Yeah, it was so funny. Like, it was just so cute to think that he did that. Yeah, I'd like to see a flashback of him with his father on a case when he was a kid. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, and not the baby Shinichi case. Because we know that he helped out a little bit there, but... <laughs> I don't know what he did. <laughs> that case made it sense. <laughs> he was very cute as a baby. Shout to baby Shinichi. Meguri can't believe how good Shinichi is at analyzing crime scenes already, so... Uh... You can tell he's already kind of winning over Meguri. He's a, he's, he's a softie, that Meguri. Mm-hmm. For sure. Takagi asks if they can ask Shinichi for help. <laughs> Meguri calls Takagi an idiot in response. <laughs> no way. He's not a professional. Shinichi's just a teenager who reads mysteries, and he thinks he can be a great detective. I love Takagi's first reaction, though. He's just like, let's get him to help us. <laughs> Takagi's like, I'm no help. I'm useless. Why don't we... Why don't we get some help here? I think Takagi does a great job. He lists off the contents of people's bags like it's nobody's business. Meguri tells Takagi to find some eyewitnesses. However, Shinichi interrupts and says that there are four suspects, the ones that went to the bathroom besides the victim. Shinichi says that since his seat was in the back, he was watching them the whole time. What a complete weirdo. (laughs) How he spends his time during his flight... Is just counting the people that went to the bathroom. Like, is this some weird perverted bullshit? Is he, like, hoping somebody walks out with, like, uh, toilet paper on their shoes so he can laugh? This is this is so weird. Why is he just watching these people, Colleen? Defend your number one crush. You could have picked somebody cooler. You just said it. He's people watching. He's a detective. He's, like, the Sherlock Holmes type of people where you He's have watching to, like... people take a poo. No, not actually. He's not in the bathroom, not in the lavatory looking at it. <laughs> He's just observing his surroundings. He's going, whew, you took a number two. Whew. He's doing that. Disgusting. <laughs> Ron was surprised that Shinichi was awake and he says he couldn't sleep. Ron chides him for sleeping early and then waking up in the middle of the night. She says, how are you any different from a baby? Uh, good point. Baby Shinichi. A baby. And then from Shinichi's thoughts, we learned that he couldn't sleep because Ron was breathing on his face while she was sleeping, and he got way too flustered. So yeah, he wasn't going to try to pull anything, because just a woman breathing on him just makes him, like, <laughs> unable to sleep. What a dork. Yeah, he can solve all these murder mysteries, but he can't sit next to his crush calmly. <laughs> Shinichi points out the four suspects to Meguri. They were the two female photographers, the man that had smoke blown at him named Akai, and the foreigner, Edward Crow. I love how he does it, too. He just, like, 
rudely says, okay, it's that person. No context, no explanation whatsoever. He just keep starts pointing at people. They ask what's going on, and that's when they learn of the murder. His girlfriend breaks down crying, and Akai wonders if he was murdered because of the negatives he had. Akai then explains that Ataka was flashing them around, saying that he'd be rich soon. Takagi says there weren't any negatives found on the body, which means the criminal took them. Tachikawa says anybody in their profession would have known about the negatives, as he's been trying to sell them to many newspapers. Saganuma says that if the weapon was an ice pick, then the murderer was a professional, and that they were just friends that are on vacation, so none of them have anything like that. And he disagrees with them being suspects, but Shinichi says it's correct, as with enough medical and drug knowledge and the right weapon, any of them could have done it. Did you have any early uh, suspects that you were... Kind of like, oh, I think they did it. Uh, yeah, I, I knew who the, the culprit was. And uh, this part where he said, uh, it's like, even a woman could do it. That kind of really <laughs> take, like lets someone go in the right direction. Um, unless, I mean, that would have been a red herring, but it wasn't. I was I was completely off. See, I, so we'll find out uh, pretty soon that Somebody was sleeping and they, they had a disguise put on them. I thought that guy had actually put on the disguise himself. I couldn't um. realize why exactly he had done that. But I thought, I thought that he was the person that did it. And I thought that yeah, I was so close yet so far away. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I picked up on one thing and I was like, that's definitely him. You got the alibi trick right. Yeah, but I didn't realize why it happened or what happened. And see, the reason I was wrong... Because I respect women too much, Colleen. I didn't think it would be a woman. Yeah, that obviously must have been the reason why you were stumped there. Well, I'm not like you. You hear Shinichi <laughs> be casually sexist about women not having the power to murder people most of the time. But like this time, they actually could have done it. Yeah. And then you go straight to, oh, a woman did it. Oh, well, I'm like, well, if Shinichi said it, then it must have been one of the women. Megari then asks everybody what happened when they went to the bathroom. Amano says she wasn't feeling well and she threw up. When she came back, Katsuhiro was still in his seat. Okai vouches for her and explains he was walking around during the time as he was uncomfortable. The attendant says that once she came back with the pills, the victim left his seat. Tachikawa says that she went to the bathroom 20 minutes after Amano took her medicine and went to check on Otaka, who was still alive at the time. She says she knocked and asked if he was okay, and he knocked back to answer. So that seems so suspicious to me, <laughs> if somebody just knocked. I was like, you can't use your words, buddy? Yeah, and at this point, uh, I'm still thinking that the knocker was the culprit. And that ended up being a totally different thing. Like, it, it, this case had a few, like, loops and turns, which was really interesting, and it just kept you guessing throughout the whole thing. Well, except for you, you're you're apparently five steps ahead. You knew everything. Oh no, well, I didn't know. Um, so I remember the culprit, but I couldn't remember uh, how they concealed the weapon. That was like up until the last minute, and once they said a specific word, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then the next second later, they actually revealed it. So yeah, she is certain that it's Otaka that responded, as she tried three other restrooms and nobody was in the other ones. Shinichi then speaks in English to ask Edward when he went to the bathroom. And this is when we get the amazing English <laughs> from Detective Conan. And it's especially bad once they have, like, the uh, FBI people, like Jody. Yeah. <laughs> just because they're supposed to, like... 
oh, I'm an American, I live in America, and they all talk very stilted and extremely unnatural. They mispronounce basic words. It's kind of hilarious. Absolutely. In fact, I would say that Shinichi's English in this episode was better than Edward's. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. He's terrible. He's like, I cannot remember when I did go bathroom toilet. (laughs) And it's like, what? Nobody says that. Yeah, later on when when they take his bag to search it, he says something like, well, it appears you have to. (laughs) 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 Yeah, at least... (laughs) yeah it's something else it's it's just crazy to think like how popular the show was that like they couldn't get one guy to speak english well like they don't even have to be the same like you could have just picked anybody that was fluent in english like i don't know it's just insane to me it's not like they're doing like a live role or something it's like just get anybody literally anybody (laughs) to do this voice that speaks english it can't be that hard like, with, like, Jody and stuff, like, in the future, like, you don't even have to have the person that does the Japanese voice do the English voice. You could have just picked any woman that speaks English, and it would have been fine. And instead, it's like, that's, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's but Jody's like accent is even worse than Edward's. Like, Edward, I found the accent was fine. It was just the intonation and the pauses in between his sentences that was really awkward. Yeah, so, well speak a lot more about this as uh we, it becomes a mainstay of uh some arcs here so shinichi starts to cough and he says the foreigner's cologne is way too strong saganuma then says the one with the weapon is the murderer so why don't they search the suspects he was asleep the entire time so he's not involved i was that's see that's why i got so suspicious of this guy he seemed too cocky that he wasn't the killer so i was like this guy did it <laughs> And I figured it out. He was pretending to be the other guy. And that's his trick. And then I had nothing else figured out. But I was so certain he did it. And Ukai calls him a liar. And he says Saganuma left his seat as he saw Otaka sleeping. And Saganuma wasn't there. Ron asks Shinichi if he's sure that Saganuma never went to the bathroom. And he admits he had other things on his mind as he thinks about Ron sleeping. This dork. <laughs> It just goes to show you that he's that still like a teenage boy and his heart races when he's near his crush. Sometimes we forget that Shinichi has that side to him because he's just a, a mystery geek. Oh, I know. He's a pervy, miscreant, terrible person. Brat. Well, I mean, if he's hanging around with Kogro, then... Some of that has to rub off. Oh, yeah, he's hitting him. He's hitting him up for advice That's about right. about women. Magri says that the five of them are suspects, and they'll do a body search. However, nobody had anything like an ice pick on them, and it wasn't found on the plane either. And Shinichi goes, "Really interesting. If the weapon can't be found on the plane, it must be because the murderer hit it well. That must be the murderer's final trump card." And so he vows to find it before the plane lands. So I thought we were going to get, like, some timed drama where it's like, oh, five minutes until it lands, and he has to, like, rush to figure out the case. But we never got that. I just thought they were setting it up here. Mm. Well, he did, uh, well, it's, I guess now that you mention that, like, he figures out the case within the next, I don't know, maybe half an hour goes by, maybe an hour, 
and then what like for the rest of the plane ride they just casually sit next to each other knowing that somebody murdered this other guy hey man it happens maybe they were maybe they were close to uh, los angeles who can say yeah let's hope so have you ever been to la i have not lax sucks okay oh does it (laughs) sucks the airport sucks there yeah not a good time uh shinichi tells megari that they need to do a body search again and says that if it's not on the plane it must still be on the murderer that's uh they decide to look through everybody's baggage first uh tachikawa is first she has a passport wallet handkerchief makeup tissues tickets sunglasses a camera a notebook and a pen on her Shinichi asks if Takagi took the pen apart, and he says he did. You want to praise him for doing his job? <laughs> yes. A good. So Takagi was one step ahead. He knew to take that pen apart, look for any needles for any, or anything. So good job on him. Good job on Shinichi for double checking. I think these two are going to make a great team. Next is Amano, who has a passport, wallet, towel, a wool cap, makeup, a camera, handkerchief, a sewing set, and medication on her. Takagi says neither the scissors or needles in the sewing set could be used for the murder. So. Wonderful observation. Next up is Akai, who has a passport, tickets, wallet, handkerchief, and an electric razor, towel, and shaving cream. They then check Edward's possessions, and Shinichi remarks that near the neck, the cologne is very strong, but there's none on the wrist. Very suspicious. Hmm. He's super stinky in one spot, but not in another. I don't know. I mean, I guess you're supposed to or whatever, but I've never sprayed my wrist with cologne. Who's smelling my wrist, you know? Weird. Yeah. (laughs) So Edward has a passport, wallet, handkerchief, tickets, a towel, newspaper, two novels, just in case one wasn't enough, Glasses, a sewing set, an Amex card, and a checkbook. I love how they went down to the brand of the credit card. He didn't just have a credit card. <laughs> he had American Express. Yeah, it was very important to to note that. I was trying to keep track of all these belongings and sort of like picking out the odd thing out of the bunch. And obviously Edward's stuff was slightly modified than the others. But it never really ended up being important to the case, so I just felt like nope. a big goof for doing that. Yep. Yeah, I listed out all this shit. How do you think I feel? <laughs> so Shinichi translates for Megari and asks Edward about his checkbook. He says that he was going to buy some pieces of art for his child at an auction, but nothing caught his eye. Last up is Saganuma, who has a passport, wallet, handkerchief, camera, negatives wristwatch cigarettes lighter medicine and tickets megary says he has a lot of tablets and he explains that he always gets sick so he brought some that's the uh hint of the week colleen wow i am so glad that we had that hint i would not have been able to keep up with this case shinichi checks out the negatives and asks if that's american congressman representative dixon i love how all these (laughs) japanese people know old representative dixon I I guess he's a very popular congressman. Takagi notices a woman on his left, and Tachikawa asks if those are the same negatives that Ataka had. Saganuma grabs the negatives, and he says he took those photos with Ataka at the hotel, but Ataka's photo is much better than his. However, he was going to go see if a newspaper would buy all of the photos, including his. 
I know it looks bad, but uh, find the murder weapon before you start accusing me. And I was like, this guy's guilty. That's the the real photos. He did it. I kind of felt bad for him, though. He's just like, I just wanted to sell my pictures, too. I just hoped that they would take them all together, even though mine are worse than the other guys. I was like, aw. What? <laughs> I mean, they're all scummy. They're like the worst type of paparazzi, just trying to dig up affairs and stuff. That's right. So if it were any other picture and he said that, then it'd be fine. If it was like, I don't know, pictures of nature, and he said, yeah, my pictures aren't good enough, then I don't know, I just felt bad. Well, I mean, I get what he's trying to do, because like, if the reason why they would buy his shittier photos is so like a rival company can't run the same story, you know, before mm-hmm. them or at the same time. So there is a reason why he could get them to buy his photos, even though they're of a lesser quality. Another body search is then given to everybody, and they're like, come on, dude, there's nothing here. And they're getting frustrated. Shinichi then looks at the victim's seat and the seating arrangement. He finds some negative fragments uh, next to Saganuma's seat. The body search wraps up, but nobody had a weapon on them. Shinichi says that means only one thing. They need to search the victim's own luggage. His girlfriend points out which bag is his and then remembers Ataka said something strange. About a week ago, he left his bag in the photo studio and then found it cut up with a knife the next day. So he now has a new bag that he bought just for this trip. We never get, like, uh, an explanation as to why this was cut up, huh? No. uh, This seemed like it was going to be important to the case, but it absolutely was not. So they're just, like, trying to throw us off, I feel. Yeah, I didn't write this down because I didn't think it was uh, important at the time, but she initially goes to grab with her right hand, and then she goes, and then she (laughs) picks it up the left. I should have figured out something happened, because they do focus on her going, and I was like, what the hell's happening? Why why is she making this weird facial expression? But then she explains it. So I did notice the facial expression. Um, so inside the bag is a passport, camera, film case, sunglasses, three packs of cigarettes, wallet, towel, extra film, two magazines, a wristwatch, and tickets. Beggary says none of this would seem like a murder weapon, and he's correct. And Shinichi's actually at a loss for words here, which is surprised. That's because all of his brain cells are just working, all the gears in his head, uh, so he doesn't have time to speak right now. He's really trying to figure out this case. Takagi looks at the passport and asks if this is the same Ataka that won a newspaper's journalistic photography contest three years ago. Kachikawa <laughs> confirms as much. <laughs> I love how he, he knew this. This is almost as good as everybody... Exactly. It's almost as good as everybody knowing who Congressman Representative Dickinson was or whatever his name is. Takagi's like, hey, wouldn't that be the guy who won that photo contest? Yeah, you know, three years ago. I remember everybody who wins every photography contest. Come on, Colleen. So Tachikawa confirms that, and uh, Takagi says it was a picture of a mother handing her baby to a fireman during an apartment fire. When they said this, I was like, oh, okay, this guy definitely set up the fire. Oh, you knew from right Because this was even, they had done this... Well, I mean, they wouldn't bring that up for no reason. So I was like, oh, this guy has to be a... So I figured out the motive there, but I didn't figure out how it turned into it. And also, there was like a photography case early on in the... uh, 
didn't we cover one similar to this where the photographer yeah like, i'm trying to did, find it I, I, it might have been a fire yeah. in that one episode as well. 106 the scoop picture murder case that was an anime original yeah. so they kind of just took this small part from this episode and then made an anime original about it Mm-hmm. makes sense he, he won an award from like this guy falling from a burning building so that's the episode where we got to see a gasa photoshop <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> he had his yeah. own software with his face on it cool yeah, yeah. Guy. <laughs> um see i thought that because we already have similar case that it wouldn't end up being that the guy set the fire. I thought maybe like he was there when it started and he just didn't help anybody. He decided to take photos instead. But uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, never, never give the anime originals too much credit when it comes to originality. They will rip it off and not change a thing. <laughs> so uh, the suspects ask if they're cleared of suspicion yet, but the police point out Shinichi as the witness. Saganuma says that maybe the fake detective fell asleep and missed a few people. He didn't tell Shinichi to be a good boy and to go back to bed. Ron says, should I beat him up? And Shinichi just does not respond. He's just, he's, the gears are turning. <laughs> but look at Ron standing up for him. Were you mad, Colleen? Uh, nah. I mean, this is, this kind of reminded me of the live action episode we just covered where the photographer was also, um, just questioning shinichi's line of thinking or line of questioning as well so um yeah it kind of reminded me of that and but i thought it was cute that ron rather than looking at herself in a mirror like that the live action ron did she was like i'm gonna beat him up for you Akai again uh accuses saganuma as the murderer as he lied about being asleep the whole time Ukai then asks the stewardess if she saw him missing as well. She says that Akai asked her to watch the victim in case he started smoking again in the non-smoking area. So that's the big mystery. I like how they couldn't tell us that. His big favor was the, <laughs> uh, can you make sure he doesn't smoke? He'd be smoking my face. It was very rude. Okay, so I, I'm glad that we got closure on that. But wasn't there a part where, and maybe we haven't covered it yet. Never mind. I'll bring it up later. She doesn't believe that Saganuma was in his seat, which causes him to grab her and ask why she's lying. Meanwhile, the woman that brought the medicine doesn't remember if he was there or not. Shinichi then asks the one that brought the medicine if something happened, and she says it did. Shinichi then figures out the case, but he still isn't sure where the weapon is. I'm not sure exactly what he asked her here. Okay. What happened? That is what I was referring to just 30 seconds ago. So we never do find out what that thing was. Yeah, I'm not, uh... <laughs> like, I get... I'm thinking it might be, like, maybe he asked whether, um... What's her name? Amano uh, was sitting beside a man, like, the guy. But it, they made it out Or maybe it was if they switched seats, because, um... She want, I don't know. I, anyhow. Yeah, they just kind of let yeah. that, left that open-ended, and it it's a little, uh frustrating because i, I want to know ron interrupts shinichi's line of thought and says meguri wants to see him shinichi asks ron if she's in high school now and she's like you know i am we go to the same <laughs> what, what is wrong with you they're probably like in the same class he then asks her a question that makes her blush and tells her to hurry up and answer and she says they are made that way now <laughs> 
what could she possibly be talking about? And he then figures out what the murder weapon is. So that's an, we do get closure to this one. Yeah. We get quite the payoff. Megri says Saganuma is the most suspicious person. However, Shinichi interrupts and says he's wrong. Saganuma actually isn't the murderer, and he never went to the bathroom, so he can't be the murderer. And Saganuma's like, my man! <laughs> he's like, thank you. I had nothing to do with the case. Now he's his best friend. Yeah, Shinichi's like, actually, you were used by someone. You just didn't know it. Shinichi says that Tachikawa didn't lie about hearing a knockback. Either as there was somebody there with the body, and that was Edward, who was in the room searching for negatives, and he put his hands into Itaka's pocket. He then remembered his cologne, so he quickly washed his hands, and he used his handkerchief to soak the victim's pocket to get rid of the scent. The evidence is that his own hands don't smell of the cologne. Shinichi then explains that Edward actually knows Japanese, and the foreigner then responds fluently. Uh, which, thank God, <laughs> I could not deal with his English anymore. <laughs> I was so relieved when he just started talking Japanese. I was like, thank you. Um, at one point, <laughs> this is probably what was the the weirdest part. Like, There were a lot of lines that Edward said that didn't really um, land well. But uh, Shinichi asks him a question. He's like, well, my child. And then he goes on and answers it. And I don't know, it's just quite an, an old way of speaking. He says that Edward was uh, going to use his checkbook to buy the negatives off of the victim. Edward then explains that he was asked to buy the photos by Representative Dixon, the bastard. So this congressman, uh, not only is he having an affair, apparently in Japan of all places, but he's uh, trying to bribe people and do all kinds of underhanded shit. Yeah. Corruption. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) In politics... Never heard of it. Yeah. Wild. Saganuma accuses Edward of the murder, but Shinichi says he isn't the killer as the victim was already dead when he went into the bathroom. Edward confirms this. He went back to make a deal and then went in when he didn't hear an answer. However, he was already dead. I knew it was wrong, but I needed the money, so I searched the body for negatives, he admits. Shinichi brings up the bloodstains on the wall and says that if the murderer wanted to move the victim, there was no need to wait for the blood to dry. That means the corpse was moved afterwards, but he didn't tell anybody that he found the body. The reason why the person moved the corpse was because they were looking for the negatives, and only somebody that didn't know where the victim hid the negatives would do that, and the guy was flaunting his bo- his negatives before, and he put them right, between, right in his shirt, so everybody else knew it except for Edward. That meant he was the only person who would have to search for them. Makes sense. Megari asks who the murderer is, and Shinichi says the only suspects left are Okai and Amano. Shinichi brings up Saganuma's seat was empty when Amano asked the flight attendant for medicine, and Saganuma again says that he slept the entire time. That does have to be annoying if you were just sleeping the whole time and people are accusing you of all this stuff, and you're like, no, I'm telling you, I was sleeping, what the hell, why are you... Like, his reactions make a lot more sense once... You realize he was telling the truth because, like, he's. It seems like there's a big conspiracy against him. Oh yeah, and I think I don't want to say that the culprit necessarily wanted to peg the blame on him or anything, but uh, it definitely worked out in their favor if they were um, like putting all their suspicions onto this guy and taking it away from the culprit. 
Shinichi then explains that somebody put a wool cap on Saganuma while he slept and eye covers on to dress him like a Taka. After the criminal killed Ataka, she didn't return to her seat. Instead, she sat by Saganuma. She dressed him up like Ataka, then asked for medicine to create an alibi and make people think that Ataka was still alive. The murderer is none other than his girlfriend, Amano. Women, once again, killing the innocent men. How do you think about that, Colleen? Oh yeah, he was so innocent. I mean, I'm not saying that it was okay for her to kill him, but he was not innocent. Shinichi doesn't blame the flight attendant for the mistake, as it was dark and only a bit of his nose was showing. While the attendant fetched medicine, Amano took off the cap and eye covers, then moved back to her own seat and woke up Tachikawa. That gave the impression that Ataka wasn't in his seat, and made the flight attendant and Tachikawa confused as to when he went to the bathroom. The empty seat that Ukai saw was the empty seat behind Saganuma. Shinichi says that all Amano had to do was buy an extra plane ticket to make sure the seat was empty. So she was sure that Saganuma wouldn't wake up since he took all the sleeping pills. I guess that is a hint. Oh. That he was knocked the fuck out. Yeah. But, I mean, so, I don't know. Not much of a hint. Also, the seat thing? I thought she bought the seat beside him, not the one behind him. Because my like one of my thing my critiques was going to be like there's a lot of risks involved in her method because how was she supposed to know that the seat behind him would be empty, but if she bought that one then yeah that's what he was saying then then there was a like also a chance the seat beside him wouldn't be empty oh uh, maybe she bought multiple no I don't know let's just say that she bought both of them and the seat beside the window too just to make it clean. I guess she would have to buy fucking, <laughs> like, uh, two rows, like, how <laughs> <laughs> to buy a bunch of, well, it's not a cheap murder, you know? Although, I don't know, whatever. No, she, she had to invest in this murder. She had a cap in her luggage and knows that Ataka wears an eye cover. As for if the flight attendant had noticed that Tachikawa wasn't next to her, Amana could have covered up luggage with a blanket. As for the negatives, she cut them up with scissors in her sewing kit and flushed them away. That made everybody think that the negatives were the motive and drew attention away from herself. However, some of the negatives stuck to her clothes and you can see the fragments on her seat. To get Ataka to the bathroom, she told him that she wanted to talk there. She then readied the chloroform she brought and waited for him to come inside. She immediately used it, killed him with her weapon. These women, so demon, so devilish. Well, he had it coming. Well, yeah, that's true. You're right, you're right. Amano asks for evidence, and Shinichi says the proof is still on her body. Saganuma laughs and says she's already been searched twice. Shinichi says her weapon is hard to spot and can make it past a metal detective. And it's also something that only women's have. A bra! It turns out that she used a wire in her bra so that she could, uh, that she sharpened so she could stab the victim's neck and hit a spinal nerve. Did you know you were carrying a deadly weapon all the time when you wear a bra, Colleen? apparently um wow i it's like this show just when you think that the case was creative then they throw this out (laughs) and just like how did anybody even think of this it's just a masterpiece now i'm worried every time i see a bra you know oh (laughs) this this case makes you scared of them yeah terrified it's a weapon fear not uh the latest in Broad technology, if you will, that they're moving towards or have already 
made a lot of uh, ones that are wireless. So there you go. <laughs> wireless. That sounds like uh, <laughs> their cell phones, you know? <laughs> like the bras have Wi-Fi. So, we're learning a lot on uh, Colleen's Fashion Corner this week. I didn't think I'd have one, because, uh, I mean... There's not much else Wireless to say about bras. this murder bra. But... 5G. 5G <laughs> bras. To prove this, he says that the scratch on Ataka's neck was caused by the other end of the wire. Amana also didn't get rid of her weapon, so it's still in her bra. Saganuma defends Amana, but she says it's no use. If they search me again, they'll find it. I killed Katsuhiro. She reveals that he won her heart with the photo he took three years ago as she captured the moment so well. The tragedy of the fire that killed her older brother. This is such a weird thing for her to follow. <laughs> like, okay. I get that she's also a photographer, so maybe there's like something there. But very, very weird to be like, you captured my brother's death so well. What an amazing photo you took of him dying. I just knew he was the one then. Yeah. Like, this is weird as shit, right? It is. If anything, I would have been a little ticked that he didn't, you know, help out <laughs> at all. I, like, if he was there, uh, I mean, maybe the, anyways, not that he was supposed to help out, like, to get the people out of the burning building. It's just, yeah, I, I wouldn't think that a love could bloom from something like that. Tachikawa asks why she did it, and she reveals that Ataka took many photos of the fire. Several were taken even before it was started, and when it was just a little smoke. Turns out that Ataka started this fire himself, and when she asked him about it, he said, Hey babe, instead of waiting for the perfect moment, I created it myself. Yeah, and killed somebody in the process. What a stand-up guy. He was perfectly innocent, this woman, murderous took him far too soon <laughs> a beautiful soul was lost this day yeah i sound like shinichi did during that uh live action drama <laughs> where the the person that got killed was a total piece of shit and he's like this beautiful pure soul <laughs> was taken too early so uh, she calls him a bastard and begins to cry. Amano says she had so much confidence in where she hid the weapon. However, Shinichi says it was obvious as when she was taking down his luggage. She started to use her right hand, but then stopped and used her left instead. He knew that it meant the wire had started poking into her arm and it hurt too much, so she swapped hands. If only she was left-handed! Amano is amazed by his deduction. The mistakes a person makes in a hurry can be very important clues, Shinichi explains. The careless mistake you m made caused me to realize that your movement was strange. Takagi then asks if Megari noticed it, and he's like, I have no idea. I don't look at bras. I'm married. <laughs> I really appreciate this little exchange, because it just uh, reinforced the fact that Shinichi is good at what he does, that even these two didn't catch it. Oh, yeah, these two brilliant people, <laughs> Takagi and Meguri. Wow, amazing. So, uh, Shinichi asks Meguri why he's going to Los Angeles, and he explains that he's going to make some arrests. This is such a tease, right? <laughs> like, it kills me that we're not going straight to it either. Like, there's so much teases here for, like, I get excited. I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see Meguri make these arrests in Los Angeles, and I have no clue when we're going to cover it. 
That's right. I do think this actually ha- Actually, I'm not even sure this does. I don't know. We'll find out. I hope. I hope we get the cover up. Um, and I mean, for that matter, we don't get Shinichi and Ron in Los Angeles. We get them in New York. So it would have been cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. So like, it would have been cool if huh. that was the case yeah. that they're like going to America for. Yeah, but they do make it very clear that's L.A., not New York City. So, huh, strange. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Ron realizes why Shinichi asked her about her bra at that moment. And then uh, we transition into free magic. Still, still a banger. Still a great tune that you don't respect enough. When are we getting the new ending? Free <laughs> magic. Yeah. So uh, after the ending song, Ron is on the current flight and she starts talking in her sleep. But why? Why did he say, let me see your bra? Does it have a steel wire in it? You don't just ask a girl that. Shinichi trying to sexually harass me or something. <laughs> wow. I like how she knew what happened, and yet she, she still hasn't put this together while he asked it. Hey, she's in a dreamlike state. Gets a little fuzzy. Kaguro and Conan both overhear this, and Kaguro starts freaking out. He goes, Ron, what happened? Did that guy do something to you? And he's shaking her, and Ayumi's like, she's just dreaming. And Genta goes, I was dreaming that I had too many <laughs> eels to eat. <laughs> and that was Genta's <laughs> contribution to this episode. Hey, that was better than Mitsuhiko, who just got told to sit down. <laughs> a flight attendant then asks Kogre to go back to his seat as they're about to land, but he just barks at her and he goes, You idiot! This is about my daughter's honor! Which is super ironic for him to say, because he's off checking out every single woman in every... <laughs> Well, every yeah, time. he doesn't care about those daughters' honor. No. He wants to ruin their honor, but his daughter, different. Uh, Yumi then asks what sexual harass means, uh, but Genta has no clue, and that's how the episode ends. <laughs> uh, I thought this whole thing was very funny. I was a big fan of this ending. Yeah. it. So, I had a big like question as to why the kids were even there, but they did provide some comedic relief, so I'll give them that. Next episode is The Secret of the Moon, the Star, and the Sun, part one and two, so we can expect that next podcast. The Conan's hint is one yen coin. Make sure you remember that, Colleen. Not ten yen, not a hundred yen, one yen. Just one yen. And not to be confused with an onion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Conan says the second part is on October 11th. And then a man says, hey, Ron, maybe I'll get the dream again next time. <laughs> um, all right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an end. <laughs> what a closing. So what do you think about this one hour special? Shinichi Kuda's first case, bras being a deadly murder weapon. Give me your thoughts, Colleen. Did you dig it? Do you have any issues with the episode? Let me know. Well, um, so probably goes without saying. I loved it. <laughs> I, I I thought it was a great whodunit. It kind of gave me um, Murder on the Orient Express vibes, except on a plane, because uh, we had all these people, and they were all suspicious. Sometimes uh, when they introduce the the sus- suspects, there's one or two that are more suspicious than others, but here it's just everybody. It feels like everyone was out to do something bad. Um, I'm really happy that we got to see Shinichi in action again. It's been a while. I got my 
daily dose of Takagi, so I was happy there as well. Ron had some great moments. I know I always make it so that Ron, like, I always comment about how she's not doing much in the episodes, but this one, she had some great moments. Um, yeah, she got sexually harassed. Not that one, but she did help out, you know, Shinichi sometimes, and even as Conan has, like, the little prompts that either the detective boys or somebody will say, and in this episode, it was Ron's knowledge about women's undergarments that had to help him out. Uh, I thought the the alibi trick was really neat. It was kind of predictable, or obvious, rather, um, just because the guy... You couldn't really tell who it was under the hat and the blanket and all of that, so it was kind of obvious what was going on there. But the uh, the way that the murder weapon was concealed was a big surprise to me up until the end. Like when they said wire, that was sort of what uh, tipped me off, and then the next thing was that they explained it. So I didn't even have a moment to really figure that out by myself, but um, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I just enjoyed it. A lot. <laughs> yeah, two thumbs up for me. Um, you did bring up some good points that I didn't really consider. Just about like having to buy like multiple uh, seats and all that stuff. Like uh, that is kind of an issue with the the case. They sort of address it, but not not full. There there is a lot of risk if other people were you know sat beside them and stuff. I mean, I guess maybe they thought ever. Yeah, that that is that is strange. <laughs> Um, but, you know, maybe she just went all out. I mean, hey, you're killing somebody, so you might as well spend the extra money, you know. But, uh, other than that, I thought the episode was really enjoyable. I thought it went really well. I'm glad they made it a uh, one-hour special rather than, you know, splitting it between parts. I thought it flowed great. I thought the uh, mystery was really solid. I, I was so close with one of the things, but I couldn't put it all together. So, they tricked me, which is always a good sign, especially when I've read it before and i've seen it so it's like damn they still got me <laughs> so yeah I, I was a big fan of this still disappointed we don't get to see the okinawa stuff i don't know if we get to see the los angeles stuff i hope we do but i'm not sure if we do so a lot of frustration there but uh we'll, we'll see what happens in the future but yeah that not getting the okinawa thing kills me that makes me so mad still mad um <laughs> maybe one day I think there's an episode. Mm, no, do they go to Okinawa? They go to. Uh... No, they don't. I think they go to wherever Heiji is at the time. Anyway, so I don't really We're care be on where the they go. I, I just want that. <laughs> I just want Kogoro and the detective boys. That seems so funny to me. Well, we're probably gonna it's get that in it's all the movies. Hopefully, so uh, we want to give some thanks to some patrons for. Keeping this podcast going strong, thanks to medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Big Chief Mason, Spencer Young, William Lee. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week with The Secret of the Moon, the Star, and the Sun, Part 1 and Part 2. Uh, so we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, and remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>